Hello there, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. In this episode, I will be speaking with Ali West, who is based in the UK, and I always believe it to be worthwhile asking those in their own country about what's happening with current events rather than the mainstream media. Obviously, it's one's perspective, but it's the genuineness of the person, which you can tell by their personality, how relatable the information is and how reliable. And we're all intelligent beings. We are designed to question, desire, and to develop our own inner wisdom. The best source of information is you. You just need to reprogram and tap into that energy. And it's said, while resting, our bodies produce 100 watts on average. So imagine if we used our full potential. I don't know where I went with that. That was my tangent for the day. Back on track with Mr. Ali West, who will be sharing his knowledge on holistic well-being and his incredible experience of awakening in Sedona. That is a place on my bucket list, Arizona, We also go down the rabbit hole and I love these conversations. I truly feel free and connected when I converse with another free thinker. And Ali West, I believe this lad will go far and wide. He's passionate and benevolent. So please enjoy the conversation. Joining me for this episode all the way in Nottingham, United Kingdom, England is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. No, you got I'm just it. joking. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> it's Ali West, and he's much more than Robin Hood. He's actually a living legend, and he will be sharing his inner wisdom on spirituality and his expertise on holistic well-being. With 14 years in the health fitness industry, seven years of spiritual awakening, and I thought you would be able to give my listeners a wealth of of knowledge in in this field because I just think that's something that we need because of everything that's been happening. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. There's a lot that I want to ask you about health and well-being. And Ali is also the owner of Kinetic Fitness, which is an independent gym, and he is the host of his own podcast, The Kinetic Fitness Show. So welcome, Ali. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for connecting with me. Thank you so much, Esther. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to it. And how is everything in your part of the world? Well, the sun's with- come out today, so that's pretty good. <laughs> we we love talking about the weather here in uh, in the UK. Probably the same in Australia, but yeah, it's uh, it's sunny today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had some colder weather, um, and everything's well. I'm sure we'll get into this, but everything seems to be going back to some kind of normal in air quotes. Um, all of our kind of restrictions off the back of COVID have been uh, lightened here. Um, so yeah, uh, but in terms of myself and and my business, everything's great at the moment. So yeah, all is good, all is well. Were you affected at all with your business when COVID hit? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we had to close on three se- separate uh, occasions. I say have to or had to. I mean, it was a personal choice. Um, we could have tried to fight it, but when we weighed up the pros and cons for our business with the position it was in, it made more sense for us to to close um, for various reasons. So we closed on three separate occasions. And in terms of my my gym business, uh, we we got hit pretty hard. We lost about 50% of our membership base, um, but we were we were supported by the the, the council and the government. Um, so we got some financial support. 
Um, so yeah, we, we got through it and, uh, we just celebrated our fifth, fifth year anniversary of being open for five years, uh, for my gym. So I've got a, I've got a gym here in Nottingham. So yeah. Congratulations. uh, (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And roller coaster. Oh, I bet. I think, yeah. Anyone that owns a business, like hats off to you. I, I just think I'd struggle. Even if it was a thriving time in the economy, I still think that I'd struggle having to own a business. With uh, your thoughts on COVID, the whole outbreak of, and and just everything that's happened with mandates. I don't know how strict the UK were with mandates. It's been pretty rough here in Australia. It's it's different in different states. So WA is the worst (laughs) in terms of restrictions. We didn't have an outbreak as bad as Melbourne and, and Queensland. But yeah, it's been pretty cutthroat in terms of you have to have three shots. So you have to have your two vaccines and a booster to actually enter WA. Whereas the other states, they're a little more lenient. And we still have the mandates for particular industries, which is the majority of the industries. So your mining industry and and um, food industry, gyms, all of that. So I don't know what it's like in the UK. I just I just hear things in the news, and and I don't know what your thoughts are on the mainstream news, the media. But yeah, I'm not really one for it. So I I tend to stick to Telegram and and uh, you know if somebody mentions something, I look into it. So what's it like in the UK? Well, I don't think we've had it as strict as as Australia. Um, but we've had, since it all kicked off, we've had three separate lockdowns, um, complete lockdowns. So all businesses pretty much shut with the exception of, in air quotes, essential businesses. Um, so we had to close on, on three separate occasions, um, which is interesting in itself because across the board, if you look at the supposed stats and, and figures that gyms are one of the safest place to be there's not been many kind of cases within gyms within the health and fitness or wellness arenas yet they were closed so we can Mm. go into that if you want to um in terms of mandatory vaccinations there's they've they've pushed it heavily as they have done all around the world but it's not been forced here in the uk um they've gone back on themselves a lot here in the uk so at first they said that all um nhs workers which is is the National Health Service, so all doctors, nurses, etc., had to have it, otherwise they'd lose their job. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of nurses and doctors went against their values, against their morals, and ended up getting the the vaccine. And uh, now they've said that they don't have to have it. That's not the case. So they've kind of flipped flipped on it. Um, but I'm completely unvaccinated. So is my wife. We haven't had any jabs, neither will we have them. We're, um, we're not going to be coerced or forced into it. Um, and I think there's a big pushback here in the UK. There's a lot of, of, of people who have questioned the, the narrative, questioned the whole, whole thing and, uh, have, have pushed back against it and have, have, have either refused to to get it or just chosen not to get it um the vaccine that is and i'm one of them people i've I've chosen not to um when it comes to the mainstream media you just ask that question i absolutely despise the mainstream media um i think 90 percent of what they put out is a load of bs um 
And I like to do my own research as the same as you. I like to dive into things. And I've gone through the whole roller coaster with COVID, as I suppose many people have. Mm-hmm. And I'm back to the, I'm back to pretty much now where I think I first started at in the in the fact that, and people might shoot me down for this, but I've, I just think it's a load of a load of crap, basically. I think it's it, if we look into it, the um the virus has never been isolated it's never been proven to be isolated um the masks have never been proven to work the vaccines have been rolled out super quick they've not gone through rigorous testing they're still in a trial phase so it's all very fishy and very suspicious to me and um i don't like it i don't like the way the the media have driven the fear um of really scared people for what essentially Again, I'm not a doctor, but I've done enough reading and enough research now to know that it is essentially the same as the flu. Uh, that's if it if there is even is COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, mm. so um, it's just it's just it's just been a whole mass um, psychosis. It's mass been, psychosis, yeah, yeah, mass psychosis, psychological operation, psychological mm. warfare. And we're going to speak heavily about spiritual spirituality today. And to Mm. me, it's spiritual warfare as well. Um, And I said this on another podcast. I think that conspiracy always leads to spirituality or Mm. vice versa. They can go both ways. And um, I've been looking at things. I don't like the term conspiracy, but if you want to label me as a conspiracy theorist, then so be it. But I've been into that kind of deeper free thinking since 2005. I've brought my first book which was entitled the psychopedia the psychopedia encyclopedia sorry of conspiracy theories and i got that in 2005 so i've been down this rabbit hole and on this journey for a long long time and then i had my spiritual awakening in 2015 which i'm sure we'll get into as well so yeah i find the whole thing very very interesting but also very alarming but I think when you do start to work on yourself and when you do start to become more aware and you work on your spiritual well-being and your spiritual health, you're able to handle a lot of this a, a lot more effectively. And I'm very um, protective of my energy, very cautious with my energy. So I do know a lot about this stuff and I do have my own views on it, but I'm careful with what I with what I put out as well because I want to I want to lift people up and raise the vibration of the planet rather than bring it down. Have you ever felt the need to prove a point with 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 certain people? One for for example, the mask here. I don't yeah. know what it's like in the UK, but we have to wear masks when we're in the office, if we're in a shopping center, if you're at the gym, if you're in a restaurant, if you're in a nightclub at a bar. And it's funny because people are wearing their masks around their chin. And they're talking, sharing drinks, getting drunk, kissing, you know, I, I've never heard of there being a COVID outbreak in a, a nightclub and a restaurant. And for me personally, when we hear that the stats are up and at our, our hospitals, we've got all these COVID cases. I just think, where, who are these people? Because I feel mm. like I know everyone in Western Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think these people are dying. I'm with you as well with the whole I don't understand it. I think it's probably just a case of, you know, another another cold. And if your immune system's weak, then maybe you're getting the virus a little more than what someone else would. Influenza, 
more people die of influenza than they have of, mm. of COVID. We just don't hear about it. Also, we never nothing gets said about radiation, about pollution, about EMF, yeah. about uh, people's general well-being, about comorbidities. There's so many different variables that this potential virus, in air quotes, could be. Um, and as I said, that that it's never been isolated as no. being SARS-CoV-2 or as they say that's what it is it's just like it's got out of hand and it's been run away with um and it's the trains out of the station now that it's but you could say that's by design so there's there's many different ways to look at it yeah so no masks at all here in the UK but last year I think they dropped them in maybe February but I've been very I've never worn a mask there's only really one time um, when we went to the airport recently. Um, and it was interesting because we didn't wear the mask in the UK, but we went to Lithuania. And when we got to Lithuania, we didn't have it on either there. But when we was coming back, this woman was adamant that we put it on and she wouldn't let us go through customs until we put it on. So I put it on, went through the scanner and took it back off. And then no one said anything to me. It's just it's just bonkers. Yeah. I could have been like stood there and said, look, I'm not putting it on, but I was tired. I wanted to get through and maybe that's how they get you. And some people might say, oh, you should have stuck up for your rights. But for me, you've got to balance things as well. Like life's all about balance and it's about equilibrium. And a lot of people, I think they're, they're too far one way or the other. And there's too much polarization with all of this, not just with COVID, with a lot of stuff that you see in the news, in the media, television, films, music. It's about polarization. And to me, what does that ultimately lead to? It leads to, div to div division and dividing us and separating us. And we shouldn't be separated and we shouldn't be divided. We're one. We should be as one. We're, we're all connected. We're all interconnected. Um, and yes, we need we need good and bad. We need that some level of polarity. But I think there's not enough people in the middle of the yin and the yang. They're all one side or the other. And you need that balance. Yeah. Um, and the, and COVID more than anything has caused caused that division to and that rift to 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 grow bigger. But in the same sentence, in the same breath, I also think it's allowed people to, if we want to say, wake up. A lot more people have started to look at things more deeply, question more things, find spiritual practices, concentrate on the health and well-being. And to me, that's that can only be a good thing. And I think we are. And if you want to go down like astrology and all of that, we're moving into the age of Aquarius. Things are coming together. So there's, 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 um, I, I don't think it's all bad. Like I, I, we focus quite heavily here already on the negatives, but I don't think it's necessarily all bad. I think I just, I do think genuinely the world is a good place and it's full of amazing people. And I just think it's a small percentage of people that's trying to bring the vibration down. What are your thoughts on the government? Well, here I know Australia has used this tactic a lot. They've said things like if we are united if we're if we're here to look out for one another and support one another we should all get the jab to protect one another <laughs> i think that's what's really hit people i don't think that was ever used in the uk i don't i think australia was the ones that really fell hard for that because that's what i hear a lot in from people that are pro-vax here in western australia is is that when they wear the mask they say oh, i'm wearing the mask because i don't want you to get it not yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pushed. Me. That was pushed hard here. That was mm. pushed very hard here. Same, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you go visit your mom. You might give them COVID. You know, she might pass away. That was used that tactic a lot. So I feel as if you know people's weaknesses were really 
used against them. Crazy. Let's move. Let's move on to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know more about your spiritual awakening. Perhaps if there's anything that I might have missed, a crucial element of your life that I didn't cover in the intro. I'm sure there's a lot, but just for my listeners, is there anything that's in your in your life journey that I didn't cover in your intro? Did you want to share that? Not necessarily. I, I mean, you, you covered it quite okay. well in in a in a brief brief explanation. Um, yeah, just prim, prim, primarily most of my adult life since I was 20 and I'm going to be 35 in June, it's been, it's been in health and fitness. That's what I've done since I was, since I was 20 years old. Um, so we can touch on that. We can go into that. If you want, we could talk about my spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. You, you lead the way Hester. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm open. <laughs> well, let's start with how you got into the fitness industry. Yeah, okay. no worries. So um, my, my background growing up was I was crazy into football. And I played football from the age of five years old and I'm still trying to play now and still trying to kick a football around the pitch at nearly 35 years old. But I I always played football growing up. I just wanted to be a footballer. That's all I really wanted to do. But if I look at it, I was probably never really good enough to make it as a professional footballer. But I think I could have made a decent go at semi-professional football. And when I was... 16 or 50 yeah 16 I'd left school and I went into an academy for football so we played we trained in the morning we did a college course in the afternoon and then every Wednesday and Saturday we would have a we'd have a football match so for me it was amazing I just finished school just got my my GCSEs um at school and I was learning and playing football at the same time so it was brilliant and I did that for two years or so and then when I was about nine I think I was 18 or 19 I can't really remember I was playing in the game one Wednesday night and my my football was going really well I was playing the best football I've ever played I was pushing to play for the first team of the academy that I was in um, and which would have got me some money I would have been paid for doing that as well and the first team manager had come down to watch me and a few of the other uh, guys play on this game and it was in the first half of the game. And I remember crossing the ball with my left foot. And then as my foot went down, my hip went one way and my knee went the other. And I ruptured my ACL, my anterior cruciate ligament. And if people don't know what your ACL is, it's one of your ligaments in your knees, but it's the ligament that governs all lateral, which is sideways movement and all rotational movement, which is twisting. So without your ACL, you're pretty much screwed playing any kind of um movement-based sport whether that be football basketball cricket tennis whatever the case may be so that put me out for a while and uh, I ended up getting reconstructive surgery I had a complete replacement of my cruciate ligament um, had 11 months of rehab like pretty intense rehab with a with a physiotherapist got back to playing but I never really got back to the same level that I was at pre pre pre-injury and pre-operation uh, and a lot had changed in the kind of 18 months to two years that I'd had out of the game uh, with the club that I was at. So I was in a bit of disarray. I didn't really know what I was going to do with myself. And I was working part time in retail. I finished my college, uh, got my diploma, and then I was really unsure of what I wanted to do. And randomly, somebody said to me, why don't you become a personal trainer? And I, I said to them, 
I've never been into the gym. I'm not really a gym goer. There was like, it doesn't matter. You can learn your way. So I took an intense gym instructor qualification. It was two weeks, um, nine to five every day for two weeks, got my gym instructor's qualification. And then I was lucky enough to get a, a job with Virgin Active. I think you have Virgin or you might have used to have Virgin Active over in Australia. So I worked for Virgin to start off with. Uh, for three years and then they put me through my personal training qualification and I just really just took to it really well because I was helping people and coaching people and I'd always loved helping people I'm quite an um, uh, empathetic person I quite well I love communicating and I quite and I, I really like helping people so I took to it really well within three years I built up a full client base I was doing like a crazy amount of personal training sessions I remember one week I did 56 PT sessions in a week um, and I nearly pretty much nearly just run myself into the ground and I, I experienced burnout at quite a young age I was probably like 23 24 and I experienced burnout and I was I was falling asleep. I remember I was training someone on the gym floor and I was falling asleep training someone, which is terrible because you're trying to promote health and fitness to your client. And I wasn't looking after my nutrition. I wasn't really looking after my exercise and I wasn't looking after my sleep because I was just training too many people. And then after three years from 2008 to 2011, I was looking at the next steps and the guy contacted me. He said, do you want to come and work for my personal training studio? You'll be self-employed, pay me rent to use the space, and then you can just grow your business within the studio. So I pulled the trigger, did that. And from 2011 to 2016, I was I was in uh, this personal training studio. Really, really enjoyed it. Did well, learned a lot about myself, a lot about business. But then I got itchy feet again. And then the next logical step was to open my own gym. And that's what I did in 2017. I've been doing that for five years. So yeah, that's pretty much my journey of how I got into health and fitness. It was through an injury, really. So I, I kind of stumbled into it by chance and I've been here ever since. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And your spiritual awakening. So that happened in 2015. So that was in yeah, Sedona. So, yeah, Sedona. Yeah, incredible mm. place. I've not been. Yeah. I have heard about the vortexes, though. Yeah, you've got to get yourself to Sedona. It's incredible. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that was an amazing time. But I'll just backtrack a little bit before I went to Sedona. Sure. Uh, the back end of 2014 was a real big turning point for me. I was I was a bit, again, I was one of them stages at my life where I was a bit all over the place. And I just ended a long-term relationship I was with someone for seven and a half years we'd had a house and a mortgage together for six years and it, it wasn't working and I, I I ended that and came away from that relationship and at the start of 2015 I'd moved back in with my parents my ex-partner was living in the house we was trying to sell the house it was just all a bit crazy and also I was getting a bit bored of what I was doing with my personal training business as well so I was a bit in a changing point of my life and at the beginning of 2015 I met my now wife Sarah and uh, we 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 just like got on immediately and within a few months I moved in with her in the April of 2015 and I decided in the May of 2015 that I was going to see my friend and at the time he was living in Scottsdale Arizona so I booked uh, booked the flight he was like come over 10 days spend some time with me. You can stay with me and we'll do some cool stuff while you're here. So I flew out there on my own. I went, I went on my own and, uh, got there. 
spent some time with him. And then a few days into the trip, he was, he said, I've booked for me and you to go to Sedona for my birthday for two nights. And I was like, what's Sedona? I don't know anything about it. At this point, I had no spiritual practices. I didn't know anything about spirituality. And he was like, oh, we'll go. We'll check it out. It's a magical place. And he started saying, oh, aliens, people see aliens there. It's sacred to the Native Americans, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, I was open. I went, we did some hiking and the craziest stuff happened to me whilst I was there. So the first thing that happened was he said, we're going to do some meditation, my friend said we'll, we'll do some meditation I was like I don't meditate I don't know anything about it don't know how to do it he was like don't worry I'll walk you through it so we sat on the side of this rock and it was Kachina woman which is um, a very feminine part of Sedona so there's a lot of feminine energy there feminine vortices you mentioned the vortexes so that was a very feminine area and we sat on the edge of this rock and closed our eyes and he guided me through a meditation and it's very difficult for me to explain it in words, but I'm closing my eyes now to try and remember. And the best way I can explain it was I felt so peaceful. I felt so calm. So in the moment, but I felt as if I was almost out of my body. I had almost like an out of body experience. And I felt the sun just beat down on me as if my whole body was pulsating. I just felt absolutely incredible. And the most present I'd have ever felt in a moment in my entire life, probably. And I just came out of it and I was like, Tim, what the hell was that? I was like, what, what's going on? And my friend Paul was said to me, he said, why, what happened? And I said, oh, this is what I felt. And he said, oh, you must be really responsive to it. It must be uh, as if you meant to do it. So I was like, that's cool. So we did some more hiking and then we went up Cathedral Rock, which is the highest um, rock in Sedona. Uh, I think it is. Somebody might be questioning me on that but yeah I think it's the highest rock so we climbed up to cathedral rock we did another meditation up there had similar sort of experiences and then we hiked halfway down and stopped to drink some water because it was like 35 degree heat it was pretty hot and then this is when the crazy stuff happened we did another meditation and I started getting almost like clairaudience and to almost like telepathic things happening to me so I was actually speaking to Sarah even though Sarah was back in the UK and she was like speaking to me through through the meditation and saying stuff to me. And I was like, wow, this is pretty intense. This is cool. Came out of the meditation. I explained what had happened. He was like, wow, you, you've really took to it. And then we sat side by side. I was on the right and my friend Paul was on the left. And then I just started leaning into him. And it wasn't me doing it. I was just getting pushed by magnetism or mm -hmm. the vortex or whatever it was, an entity, who knows? I was pushing, getting pushed over. And my mate was like, what are you doing? And I was like, it's not me, it's some energy. And he was like, shut up. So he pushed me back and then the energy pushed me back. And then he was like, this is so weird. So he moved around the other side and did the same thing. And then the energy pushed me back. And it was, and I was just like in the middle of these, of my friend and this energy getting pushed left and right. Mm. And I was just laughing. I was just like, this is absolutely <laughs> crazy. And then from that day on, that's it. That's just how my spiritual, spiritual, practices and my spiritual essence and being came about and I've never looked back and I'm, I'm a regular meditator I've learned so much about myself about the world I've realized that there's a lot more than what we perceive with our traditional five senses it's took me down so many routes so many paths so many rabbit holes that have, have taught me so much about myself and about life mm -hmm. and whether it was 
the time in, whether it was Sedona, whether it was because my friend got me to meditate or a combination of all of them, who knows, but I'm so glad that it happened because my spiritual health is of the utmost importance to me. Um, and I believe more people need spiritual well-being, more people need grounding in spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. And I think if that happened, there'd be a lot, the world would be a lot more healthier and, and happier and joyful. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been an amazing experience for your first time being in Sedona and experiencing that first connection. Would you say it was a connection to source? Yeah, because it's, it's interesting for me because a lot of people, when they hear that story, they say, oh, you really went in, you, you threw yourself in at the deep end, but I didn't know any different. I didn't have anything to compare it against. So for me, it just happened how it was meant to happen. And it's, it's just, it's changed my whole life really. And yeah, I think I know that I've connected to source with that experience. And I know now through the power of meditation, how I can connect to whether that's my higher self or, or a higher power or the universe or God, however you want to label it. I know that I have the ability and we all have the ability to, to connect to that. It's just about tapping into it, but sometimes unlocking it. And sometimes it's, it takes somebody else or an environment or an occasion for it to be unlocked. Mm. Feels like it, you were in the right place at the right time. Like everything just seemed to just work out for you. Um, with uh, the vortex is just the way that I understood it, is that it's a spiraling energy. So if you were moving into your friend back and forth, did it feel like that? Was it a spiraling type feeling? Were you feeling? I'd say the mo it felt like, it felt more like a magnetic energy to me. Mm. It felt as if it was almost like that magnet. If you put, put a magnet towards another magnet and it gets repelled or it gets brought together, that's mm. the best way I can describe it. Um, but yeah, in terms of the energy and the, the vibration of the, of the space of Sedona, I've, I don't, other than the pyramids in Giza, I don't think I've been to a, an area that is, is as highly charged as, as, as Sedona. Um, but there's these spaces all over the world. We can go and we can access them and, and put ourselves in that situation and, and just see what happens. I mean, we're quite blessed here in the UK that there's many of them. There's, there's places in Scotland, there's places in Ireland, there's places in Wales, there's Glastonbury, there's Stonehenge. There's plenty of places here that I, I need to go to really. Cause some of those I've mentioned, I've not even been to, and I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> so you've not been, you've not been to Stonehenge? No, no, no. Oh, okay, I went to Stonehenge. I I lived in the UK for a couple of years, and Bath was one of the, my favourite places to visit. So I I saw a lot of those stones because they're spread out a lot uh, in a lot of those different areas. I think there was like one I saw that was like um, some toadstone, and but anyway, Stonehenge. I was a little bit saddened because it's in an area where there's a main road nearby. A lot of those places, there's just roads that ruin it <laughs> but it's still a wonderful experience to to have that we actually did a replica here in wa of stonehenge and it was nice. in, in nothing in comparison though it didn't actually last very long i think they ended up having to sell the property but yeah it's impressive to see these megalithic stones and go wow how did they get there and how would they move there in wa we've got the kimberley uh ranges so i feel there's vortexes in that range because that's very sacred to the indigenous aboriginals even Karen Jeannie, and you can kind of tell because you get that a different feeling when you're there. It's a feeling of 
clean air and just you feel lighter and you've got more energy. And I think the same with, I haven't been to the Northern Territory, Uluru. So that big yeah, yeah. red stone that's yeah. apparently got vortexes there as well. But yeah, yeah. I, there's something, there must be something about red rock is that what it was like in Sedona yeah 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 so Sedona is completely red rock so if people have seen the Grand Canyon it's the same sort of scenery imagery as the Grand Canyon but to me I went to the canyon as well whilst I was there and to me the Sedona was like a hundred times better than the canyon the canyon's amazing don't get me wrong and I was one of the few people that actually trekked down into the canyon because uh, one of the park rangers said to us that 85% of people that visit the canyon, they don't even get, well, he said 65% don't even get off the bus, <laughs> which is bonkers. And then like 85% don't even, uh, they just stay at the top. They don't go like down. So it's like only a small percentage of people that trek down and the canyon goes six miles deep. So you can go six miles down into the canyon, but we only went, uh, I think three or four miles down, but he's like, you're one of the, uh, the 10 percenters or one of the 15 percenters. Not many people go down, but we trekked into it. But for me, the, uh, for me, Sedona was a lot better than the canyon, but they're both magical places, but yes, red rocks, Maybe there is something about red rocks, but yeah, I know, I know Uluru is a very, very special, magical place. So yeah, maybe mm. one day I'll get there when they Did drop you... all these mass situations. <laughs> oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to ruin tourism here. You had mentioned that you chose the cathedral because of, or your friend chose the cathedral. Do you, yeah. do you know why he picked that vortex? So we tried to do with them all whilst we was there. Oh, we okay. did, we, I think we did them all. I think we did. Yeah, so there's Cathedral Rock, Airport Rock. Um, I can't remember the other ones, but we did. Bell I think Rock. we did. Bell, Bell Rock, Rock and, yeah. And Boyton, yeah. Boyton Rock? Boyton Canyon. Boy yeah, Boyton yeah. Boyton Canyon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah so. yeah, so we did all of those. So, yeah, we did them all in the end. And then, as I said, the first experience was at something called the Kachina Woman. So oh, if, Woman. You Google, if you Google it, it's like a very thin rock. And then it almost has got um, almost like a ledge on the top of it. Um and yeah, that's one that I know the um, indigenous people or so-called indigenous people of, of America um, uh, treat as a very, well, they treat the whole area as a sacred area, but that's one special place to them. And Boynton Canyon is the other place where there's a certain part of Boynton Canyon that is almost um, like a reserve. So unless you are a Native American, I don't think you can like go through it. Um, okay. but don't hold yeah. me to that I'm no expert I've only been once the reason I asked this is to see if you were drawn to a particular vortex because there are three types so the magnetic which is the feminine energy and this heightens introspective the electric which is the masculine energy and that enhances movement the last one I believe is balancing vortex so that's the combination of both energies but you were attracted to all four so I was just wondering if you experienced a different feeling in each location yeah, I felt as if um, I felt as if when I was at the Kachina Woman. Now I know more about spiritual practices and spirituality. I felt as if at the Kachina Woman, it was very more um, out of body, very light, very feminine. Mm -hmm. And then the the Cathedral Rock was a lot more grounding and a lot more physical, strong, structured. That's that's the kind of sensation and vibe that I got from both of those two areas. And when you said telepathic and you were communicating with your wife, 
when you returned from your holiday, did she say, hey, you were trying to communicate with me? I spoke to her before I came back. So I told her what had happened. And the thing is with Sarah, she's she's very much, um, she's always behind me and supportive of me. And and she she's not one of them people that would say, oh, that's crazy. Like, what are you talking about? She'd always openly listen and and try to understand it from her perspective and from mine as well. And she was just like, that's incredible. And she she was just happy that I'd had a, an, a, a powerful, enlightening experience whilst I was there. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the clear audience, the, that clear seeing, uh, sorry, clear hearing, clairvoyance is clear seeing, clear audience, the clear hearing, that's something that I've took back from Sedona and it's, it's always been there. So uh, I've, you name it, I've heard lots of different things. I've heard lots of voices, spirits, beings, entities speak to me. Um, some of them, I mean, we don't, it's not always good to put labels on things, but I've heard you could say good entities and bad entities speak to me. And a lot of the bad or negative ones, I've done a lot of invocations or revocations to clear away those energies because I don't really want that attached to me or, or in my um, aura or in my being. So a lot of the the ones that I maybe used to speak to, they're not there anymore because I've got rid of them because they probably weren't there for my best intentions. But yeah, I've, I've spoke to ancestors, relatives, all sorts. So yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Does it ever, do you, well, have you ever been concerned about your mental health? I know that that becomes quite a big thing when people don't understand this type of spirituality or these type types of gifts or skills. People go, oh, they're crazy or they're you know, schizophrenic or they're experiencing some sort of, you know, mental crisis did you ever go down that path or were you saying to yourself yep this is what it is and you understand no, it's, it I've always I've always thought it, it is what it is it's 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 what I believe it to be and I'm I mean don't get me wrong I've had my my downs and my my low times in my life but on the whole I'm a very much a, a positive person and a positive human being and I've had people say to me or oh, maybe maybe you just those things like schizophrenic or bipolar, or, or, but I'm not like, I, I know I'm not. And I believe mm-hmm. that I'm not. And so people can say that all the one and they can say, maybe it's just a voice in my head or maybe, maybe it is just a voice in my head. Maybe it's my higher self or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And it's whatever I believe it or I perceive it to be. So um, yeah, I've never, I've never considered it to be like a, a mental condition or a mental ailment. I've always considered it to be a good thing and to be honest I wouldn't be here speaking with you now if if I didn't have those gifts and I I hadn't harnessed what I what I had and what I received in in Sedona because everything that's been amazing out of my life in the last six or seven years has come from meditation or has come from a download or has come from a voice that's come into my head so to me, how can that be a bad thing when it's created so much good in my life? Absolutely. What would you say? I know you don't you don't like to label things, and we shouldn't really label things because that's one it's of the difficult. main problems in our world. Is we tend yeah, it's to difficult. Label it's like judgment. <laughs> I, you shouldn't right. really judge people, and you shouldn't judge situations. But it's it's an intrinsic human trait, I think, to to judge. And if you can get yourself to a point where you're not judging and you're not labeling, then I think you're just you're getting you're you're out of this you're out of the matrix pretty much aren't you (laughs) (laughs) that's right 
Uh, let's um, rephrase the question. What are your thoughts on spirituality? That still yeah. doesn't really. <laughs> what what I, do you believe yeah, spirituality we, is for you? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's an interesting question. It's a very good question as well, because I've often thought about this. And for me, what I believe spirituality to be and what I what I perceive it as for myself is believing in something that's that's bigger and greater than you that's what i that's what i believe it to be and some people might say well that's god or that's religion or whatever but i think having a spiritual practice or being spiritual is yeah is knowing and believing that there is something bigger and greater than you but also that you are connected to that so you can tap into that and you can access it and that I think that's that that's how I'd probably if we're going to label it or <laughs> put a definition on it, that's probably what I'd say. Um, but I also think that it's like health and fitness. I think there's there's a lot of dilution with spirituality as well, especially with with new age stuff. And I can't really I can't really discredit or um, what's may, maybe like pick fault with new age spirituality because that's how I got into spirituality. Like a lot of the practices that I started off with and that I got into is that kind of new age movement. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I sometimes think that it's, as I said, it's like health and fitness that it's a bit diluted and a bit um, people, this is the best way I can put it. People are talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. Whereas me, I like to think that I do both. If I say that I'm doing it, then I'll do it. Whereas a lot of people in the spiritual world and in the health and fitness world, they talk a good game, but they don't walk a good game. But this this boils all back down to the same message that I try and put across in my own podcast, in my own posts on social media, and then when I appear on other people's podcasts. And it all boils down to this for me, is that it's... It's about working on yourself. I think that the most paramount and most important thing that you can do for your for yourself, but also for everybody else and for the planet and for humanity and for the universe is to work on yourself and look after yourself first, mind, body, spirit. And I think when you see people like that, that are maybe an overweight personal trainer or a halfway hippie, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some crap for this one. <laughs> yeah, these halfway hippies. I think. I think that. Um, I think they're they're not they're not doing the work. They're not working on themselves first, and they're too concerned. And this has been highlighted with COVID. Everyone's worried about what everyone else is doing. Stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and focus on yourself. Because mm. if you work on yourself first, it's the most selfless act that you can do. Because if you're really truly working on yourself then that's going to radiate out to everyone else and everyone else is, is going to respond better to you, but also you're going to be able to help inspire, guide and affect people more effectively and more efficiently as well if you work on yourself first. So I think that's paramount and that's what I've learned in the last seven years since I've, I've found spirituality is that working on yourself on all levels, mental, physical and spiritual is the best service that you can do for yourself and everyone else. And how would people go about that, working on themselves? What would be the first step that people should take to do that? That is a very, very good question again. I think it's taking stock of where, of where you're current, currently at and, and asking yourself some deep questions. I think everything starts with questions because 
again, people can say they want to improve and they want to do the work, but do they really? And so I think a, a, a key starting point is that desire. So if you've got that desire and you really know that you do want to work on yourself and you do want to make changes, then, then the next step is to ask yourself some potentially difficult and tricky questions and don't just go surface level. You've mm. got to strip away and peel away the onion and keep going deeper and deeper. Uh, and when it really hurts, that's probably when you've asked yourself the right question and take a stock of where you're at and then say to yourself, well, what can I do to improve these areas that I want to improve on? And how can I level up? How can I take my health, wealth, happiness, mindset, spirituality, whatever it is that you want to work on? How can I take that to the next level? How can I work on it? How can I grow? And then the next thing's taking action, isn't it? Mm. So you, you, most people, they have all these grandiose ideas or they have goals, dreams, aspirations, but they don't they don't act on them. They don't take action. And the law of inspired action is the one that most people forget about is everyone talks about law of attraction, law of cause and effect, law of polarity. Law We've of already suggestion. spoke about law of polarity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they don't, they masculine and feminine, but they don't speak about that action. And it's Behind it, yeah. that's why say what you want about Nike. They've probably got one of the best slogans because just do it. You've got to, you've got to do it because no one's going to do it for you. No one's coming to save you. COVID should have taught you that, that no one's coming to save you. You've got to save yourself. Absolutely. No, that's great. And do one thing. One. Everyone tries to change a million things. You can't change a million things. You've got to pick one. So that's why people, I mean, from my industry, what is it every January, New Year's resolutions? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to yeah. stop eating chocolate. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to sleep better. And the list goes on and on and on. But they're trying to change too many things. They, 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 they pick like five, six, seven things, get overwhelmed. And then by January 17th, it's all out <laughs> the window because it's too many things. You've got to pick yeah. one thing at a time. So if I look back at the last few years, what I've implemented and the healthy habits and the positive habits that have stuck with me, it's because I only chose one thing and I just went all in on that and then moved on to the next thing. So I've done, like in the last few years, I've implemented positive practices such as journaling, meditation, cold showering, red light therapy, reading regularly, all of this kind of stuff. But I've not done it all at once. I've taken it one step at a time. And this is a problem. We can go into social media, but this is where social media becomes a problem because people see these people with cool lives and they may even see me and think, oh, well, it's all right for him. He's like, he's done it. And, and the, the comparison thing comes in. But what you don't realize is that this stuff takes time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to improve your mind, your body, and your spirit, it's not going to help uh, happen overnight. Sorry, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over your whole life. You've got to make health and you've got to make spirituality and all these, these practices that we're talking about. You've got to make them part of your life if you want to. But I think that's why we're here. I think we're here to grow and develop and excel and be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And if you're going to be the best version of yourself, you've got to work on yourself. Hmm. yeah what about for people that say that they don't have time to work on oh, themselves God. because they have a, you know, a, a a hectic job you know they've got the family to look after yeah because I, I get it quite a bit I don't have children I'm not married so yeah what would you say to those people that just feel like they don't have enough time and and this doesn't just apply to females it also applies to males because males as well if if anything they uh, tend to experience mental health a lot more than what women do so definitely so, 
how or what advice could you give those people to for them to be able to take some time out to work on themselves well the first thing to say to that is how many hours do you have in a day you have the same as me you have the exact same hours exact same minutes exact same seconds if if we want to use time as a construct which is what you are doing and if we really go deeper, we can see that time's just a made up fabrication. It doesn't really exist, but that's another, <laughs> that's <laughs> another matter if we want to get into quantum physics and all that. But yeah. So yeah, we've all got the same amount of hours. We've all got 172 hours in a week. So we can't really, we can't really use time as an excuse. And I appreciate that people are busy because that's the majority of my clientele, whether I'm coaching them online or in person. Um, or I'm doing presentations to, to businesses, they're, they're, they're high-performing people. They've got busy corporate jobs. So I've worked with busy people for busy, in air quotes, for, for the last, what, 10, 12 years of my life. So I appreciate that every, everyone's busy. And it, go, it goes, again, it goes back to, to what I've said. It's just how, how badly do you want it? How badly do you want to, to improve and make changes? Because if you want it bad enough, you're gonna you're gonna schedule the time or or prioritize the time to to make it work because I've got a I've got a nine thousand square foot gym I've got four staff I've got a podcast I, I'm pretty active on social media I'm married I I play football twice a week I, I've got a lot of things going on but I still manage to do these positive practices I still manage to work out five times a week. And the list goes on and on and on. So it's it's really it's really how bad do you do you, do you want to make the changes? And then when it comes to time management, I mean, there's loads of different techniques and hacks that you can use. But personally, what's worked well with me and with clients that I've helped with with time management is really taking the time to work out what you want to spend your time on because people are too throwaway with the time. They think they've got endless amounts and we have a short period, like from, from coming out of the womb to, to moving on. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's in the grand scheme of time, it's, it's not a, a long period of time. So you've, you've not got infinite amount of time on this planet, but you can do a lot within the time that you've got. So it's, it's really sitting down with a piece of paper and working out what, how do you want to spend your time and always start with the stuff that you enjoy and you want to do. So when I sit down with my calendar on a Sunday night and I plan the week out ahead or I plan two weeks out ahead, the first things that go into my calendar is the stuff that I love and I enjoy, like going for a hike, meditating, reading, spending time with Sarah, watching a movie, the, this, the stuff that I enjoy. I put that in first. And then the work and the client stuff comes in second, whereas people do it the other way around. They plan the meetings out. They plan taking the kids out to school, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, oh, well, I haven't got any time because it's taken up with X, Y, and Z. No, block out your, your important stuff that means the most to you first. And then you, your work and your business and all that other nitty gritty stuff comes after. Mm -hmm. That's a good technique to use. And it works really well for me. And I always think you can you can find an hour a day. You, you can label it up however you want to label it. Your hour of joy, your, your, your Ali hour, your Esther hour, your power hour, whatever you want to call it. Everyone can find an hour where you can do something that truly brings you joy and truly grounds you in the present. And that's one of the most important things. And going back to spirituality, that's a huge part of spirituality is being present, being in the moment. 
So find an hour every single day where you can just be in the present and be joyful and do the stuff that you want to do. And again, it just, it leads back to, to growth and, and to desire. Um, and if it is time management, that's truly the problem it's truly the issue. Then there's literally like 500 books that you can read on time management <laughs> <laughs> and probably another 1500 videos that you can watch on YouTube. So there's loads of different methods, but blocking it out, blocking the time out is, is, is important. It's like the gym. People say, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, just slam it in your diary and set a notification. And then the only thing that's missing is doing it because it's mm. already scheduled in. No one's going to book a meeting in there because it's blocked out. It's like we blocked this uh, podcast out today. No one's going to come over the top of this because it's in our diaries. So mm. block it out in your diary. And then JFDI, am I allowed to swear? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah jfdi just fucking do it (laughs) just fucking do it i heard a good quote recently so the listeners might like this one and it's shop for shoes not for excuses shop for shoes not for excuses yeah so a lot of people they just shop for excuses till they find one that fits and you don't want to be doing that you want to just shop for shoes shop for shoes not for excuses so that's a good one yeah people just keep going oh well I'm too busy. I'm too mm. fat. I'm too unhealthy. I'm too tired. I've got kids, whatever. They just keep going with the excuses till they find one that fits um, and just drop the excuses. I, um, everyone can make an excuse. Uh, and I, don't get me wrong. I'm no saying I, I still make excuses every now and again, but I've, I've learned through experience that mm, a high percentage of the time, eight, nine times out of 10, action trumps everything if you just take action it, it it trumps everything because a lot of people and i've been a master procrastinator a whole whole long period of my life um i'm just about to do a course on procrastination that i'm, I'm actually live teaching as well oh, wow. so um so yeah pr- procrastination is a big thing for a lot of people and particularly for men men are three times more likely to procrastinate than women so yeah you can put things off and put things off but procrastination is usually out of fear and and usually when you take action, the fear just dissipates and disappears anyway, because you realize it's not as bad as you, you made the story up. So yeah. action, you got to take action. It, it, if, if time is the problem and time's the barrier or time's the excuse that, that you've shopped for, then what can you do to, to overcome that? What action can you take to overcome it? And there's, there's a myriad of different things and it, I can help people with it if they are struggling. But yeah, it all boils down to how badly you want to make the changes from a holistic approach as well not all of the treatments and you know working on yourself has to do with well you don't need to pay for it you can work on yourself without having to pay someone as well so the that's best the ones other are thing. free i shouldn't say that i shouldn't <laughs> say that but the, be- the best ones are free i did a, a video on my youtube the other day I, I put i think i entitled it five free health health hacks five free health hacks and yeah the best ones are free the, the meditation grounding sunlight hydration mm-hmm. good nutrition like the, the, they're on the whole sleep mm-hmm. cold therapy they all of them they don't cost you breathing uh-huh. they don't cost you anything um and all the answers are, are within but sometimes it does take paying or it does take getting a coach or a mentor or a psychologist a therapist it takes mm-hmm. that to unlock yeah the the things that are, are that are ultimately inside i mean jesus buddha they all said the answers are within mm. but it sometimes takes that help and guidance to find those answers 
that are within. And I'm, I'm, I'm the same as anyone. I'm, I've, I've had my coaches over the years. I'm working with a psychologist at the moment. I've got mentors. Um, I've had business coaches. I've had coaches for my health, but all areas of my life. If you are struggling and you do need the help, then get the help because you can't, you can't always do it all on your own, even though we do know that the answers are inside and the best, best things to improve your health and your spirituality are free. Sometimes you need the help, you need the guidance and you need mm -hmm. that accountability to take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. The things that I like to do is a cold shower in the morning and it's just a cold shower. Now that I look at it, I go, it's, it's just a cold shower. But when people ask me, how do you do a cold shower every morning? Well, when I first started, it took a lot of courage. <laughs> it yep. was not easy and it took a good couple of weeks to, for my body to go, okay, I enjoy the sensation, but it's just a cold shower. Something so simple can actually really wake you up, rejuvenate you. Yeah, it's that whole thing. Like when you have a hangover, you go down to the beach and dive into the water and you just, that would get rid of your hangover. It actually cures it. You don't need to take Panadol. So what uh, is your definition of holistic health? And what are the types of things? Because like, a lot of people today want a quick fix. So mm. They want to get the pill. They want to get uh, you Botox, <laughs> you know, um, surgery, liposuction. How do you think holistic health is more beneficial for people? Why is to it me, a better choice if you think it is well, a better choice? <laughs> well, to me, holistic health is everything we've been speaking about. Holistic health to me is mind, body, spirit. So it's, it's getting as close to possible as possible to optimal well-being in your mind, body, and spirit. That's that's what holistic health is to me. And I, I, I think there's levels to it because I don't really believe that anyone on this planet is optimally healthy because there's too many, there's too many variables and too many things to, to reduce. Yeah. To reduce, our, <laughs> to reduce our, our well-being so even these people that you see that you think are oh, they're just super healthy we're, we're we're all we've all got an element of of unhealthiness and sickness within us that's just the way it is but if we can move closer towards optimal well-being in those three areas in mind in body and in spirit then we're, we're going to live the in my opinion we're going to live the longest the healthiest the happiest and the most joyful life that we can possibly live and why do i think holistic health is better than a than the quick fix or the pill or surgery or whatever because i i believe that's how it's always meant to be we i think we're blessed with this amazing body that is a gift a divine gift what are the chances of you coming into this earth? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like a, a gazillion to one. We, we, the numbers just, I can't even fathom. It's just, it's, it's crazy. So the fact that you're even here, the fact that we're even having this conversation is a miracle because we're, we're a miracle that both of us are here. So we're gifted that gift of a body that has all the answers, that can do everything, that can heal itself. So why would I need to go and just, do something else or, or get a quick fix when I can do it all with myself. I can trust my body, trust its purpose and it can, it can cure and it can give us the answers. But we live in this age where, like you said, it's all quick fix. It's instant gratification. We want it now, 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 now. And we're not prepared going back to what I said earlier. We're not prepared to do the work. We're not prepared to prepare to grow. People don't have a growth mindset. 
uh, they don't have grounded in spiritual practices and this this hinders them and yeah i just think you can do you can do everything natural i think you can cure your body naturally and it's not just my opinion there's people there's countless testimonials of people that have done it there's people that are a lot smarter and wiser than me that have helped people heal the most horrific diseases using holistic well-being um stage four cancer all this kind of stuff so yeah it can be done but we're just led to believe that it can't and that's the same as everything we've been we've been lied to pretty much our whole life and the more i learn about history the more i learn about spirituality the more i learn about health and fitness it's just what we're told by the people in power is it's just not true it's just not true it's it's, it's all designed for money and power basically we could go down the rabbit hole here <laughs> but uh um... oh, let's go i'm ready <laughs> Why would the government and power elites do heinous acts to humanity? Why lie? Why indoctrinate and cause us harm? A lot of it's down to, to control, to power and to greed. And I, think, I don't think this is something that's just happened in the last 100 or so years. I think there's a, from my understanding and from, from what I've got involved in and what I've read and what I've listened to and what I've watched, it, it, that this has been going on for a while and it's it's some people that um are a little bit power hungry but also you could say a little bit nefarious and a little bit sick that are trying to just harness all of that power and keep the the rest of us like pushed down and and compressed and and not realize our true potential and our true powers uh, that's that's the way i overstand it and the way that I understand it and the way that I perceive it to be. Um, I also, I also think there's these resets every now and again as well. That's a whole other mm. rabbit hole that we could go down. <laughs> Tataria that came up in telegram the other day and uh, yeah. yeah, even the Anunnaki, you would probably know about the Anunnaki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah there just seems to be so many wipes so many resets is that what you yeah, mean by yeah. that like some sort of yeah 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 that just yeah so yeah. it's really hard to know who's telling the truth you know the bible's probably exactly. you know one of the, <laughs> the biggest puzzles <laughs> yeah yeah to, to the, figure more, the more i look at it and the more i go down different rabbit holes and that, again you're asking me now and i can only speak from the place that i'm currently at you might ask me in six months or a year and i might have a completely different viewpoint and oh, a different yeah. A story to tell you because that's what a growth mindset is it's not fixed it's not limited beliefs it's not regimented in in its views I, i'm 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 plastic i'm able to like take something in and make my own opinion on it research it ask questions see other people's viewpoints not take what i'm told as gospel mm -hmm. and and just do my own understanding of it so if you ask me these questions in six months, I might give you a different answer. But the, the vibe that I'm on at the moment is I feel I feel very much as if we're in almost like that kind of that holographic universe. I feel as if we are like in the in the matrix that it is there's too many synchronicities and there's too many um moments of serendipity and there's too many people would call them coincidences but they're not coincidences there's too many things to make me think otherwise at the moment i think we are in a bit of a 
yeah program <laughs> I, yeah no I absolutely agree it's it's the five senses that keeps us here stuck here which is why yeah I I I don't know if I astral travel I don't know if it's lucid dreaming I don't know if it's out-of-body experiences I don't have enough have enough understanding of it but I I do know that there is something like that where we can go into a another that's why I'm so interested in vortexes because I just want to yeah. understand that whole realm and yeah. I I absolutely believe that we are in some sort of virtual reality some sort of <laughs> and I feel as if this is all an experiment and possibly when we do go into the afterlife and we do leave our bodies you know it's that, that electricity that you know must go to the nearest vortex and up it goes to wherever it is. And I feel like everybody's reality is there. So everyone's imagination is, is possibly there, which is why there's so many dimensions and it's all weird and wacky. And, mm. you know, I don't know if that's, you know, me, you know, the back of my mind, maybe movies I've seen have influenced my way of thinking and reading particular books. I don't know. That could all just be my imagination. But Yeah, that's another way to look at it because I think sometimes when you it's like the red car, yellow car thing, isn't it? If it, mm. if, you, if I say, oh, look, or oh, buy a red car, then you'll just keep seeing red cars or whatever. Yeah. It's that particular <laughs> activator in your brain. Um, so there, there might be that element to it. And maybe me and you have looked at similar things and then we've just, we've kept searching out the same thing because one thing leads on to another, but that might be just part of the programming. That might be part of the software, who knows? <laughs> yeah. What uh, is your thought on the vaccine being a a way to depopulate. I, I personally don't think it was the case. I think we've already done that ourselves by birth control and uh, by not having as many children as what we used to. And I had a conversation with somebody that said, well, what about the third world countries? I think, well, the third world countries, that's pretty much a completely different mm -hmm. demographic there. And there's massive child trafficking in many of those countries. So who knows where those children go? I don't think, I don't, I think that's, this is where you maybe get people going too extreme, where they're, they're so far down the rabbit hole that they think that everyone's out to get them. And yeah. that's when people start <laughs> becoming paranoid. I mean, I, I've seen this happen with people that I know that they get so stuck into stuff that they just, they just think that like everyone's after them, which I don't think is the case. Um, so I don't necessarily think it is that I, I'm, I'm more lean towards the, the money, the power and the control. Okay. I think when yeah. you start following the money trail and you see where these, um, big pharma companies are linked to, um, and who are sit on their advisory board or their investment board, then you'll realize that it's, it's more about, um, the bank balance and the, the assets of, of certain individuals, net worth going up rather than to wipe out so many people because i think if that was the case you'd see people dropping dead left right and center and don't get me wrong there's i think there's from what i'm aware there's been deaths. multiple hundred thousands of deaths off the back of uh the vaccines because i think if you look at the exact figures it's around between 30 and 50 thousand but i think their reporting's out by certain maths don't don't hold me to this people should do their own research and look into it but i think when if you did just some kind of conservative numbers on it i think it is into the hundreds of thousands of deaths off the back of the vaccine 
so that is a lot of people and that is absolutely horrendous that that's happened and that should never have happened in the same breath though if there really is 7 billion people on this planet, which I'm unsure about as well. (laughs) (laughs) But if there is, then that, that, that percentage that have died from the vaccine is, is, is I knew. So if they wanted to depopulate, surely they'd wipe out a few, few people. I I, I mean, if we're going back to this reset thing, I think the, the, the global elite, the people at the top, they're aware of these resets and they know about them and they don't need to worry about depopulating people with a vaccine because they know in x amount of years there's going to be a cataclysm cataclysm. (laughs) yeah there's going to be a cataclysm um that that's that's going to wipe out a lot of people anyway and we we all we have to do is you just need to look and do some reading and do some research and you'll realize that there's these things have happened down the ages um and if you are a, a christian it's in it's in your book it's in there twice there's two mm. there's two great floods there's two great floods in the um bible that wiped out um whatever two-thirds yeah. of the world's population so there's, there's there's plenty of documented information um all people need to do is go and look and they can see that there's, there's these these resets every now and again um in different parts of the world as well because they don't always smash the whole world to place it uh, to pieces but sometimes they're they hit the they hit america or they hit uh, Central America or they hit South America or they hit the Mediterranean or they hit Australia they hit different areas but they happen there's no doubt about it and for quite some time now I've had the suspicion that global warming climate change is nonsensical it's it's constructed it's been created I don't get that terminology climate change the climate <laughs> come and live in Nottingham the climate changes every <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I don't like climate change, global warming. I mean, I, I mean, I probably again just I'll probably get some hate mails off this, but it's just it's just another narrative that's just again it's it's control, it's money, it's 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 forming the direction of the global population. I mean, just like come on, like just just wake up. <laughs> yeah, research. <laughs> yeah, just re- realize that that yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm not down with that. I'm not down with the whole global warming on this this greenwashing that they're currently doing. Don't get me wrong. I think we have done some serious damage to the to the planet, which <laughs> is absolutely horrendous. Um, but again, who's done that damage? That's that's the one percenters. That's the global elite that have done it. It's not necessarily mm. the the me and you and the the average Joe. That's yeah, we may be overconsume a little bit, but where's that fed down from? That's fed down like a funnel from top to bottom. Mm. And then people ask me like, well, how could, how can like a small amount of people control the whole world? Well, that's just again, a stupid question because it's, do you think that Jeff Bezos speaks to the person that picks the cameras in the warehouse in, in Sydney or in, nottingham or in london or wherever do you think that happens no but he's still he's still the top dog of amazon he still controls the whole company so yeah yeah, one person control the masses a lot of people can control the masses that's what's happened throughout history like we had kings and queens and and people in power i mean look at the the spaniards and the portuguese that went all over and and raped and pillaged and that was just a small amount of people so it can happen and small minorities of people can control the masses and one of the ways that that's done is is through media is is 
is through what we see on social media, through what we see on the news, what we read in the news, through um, movies. Movies is a big one that people don't realize. Movies mm. and music. <laughs> music nowadays is absolutely horrendous. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some modern music that I do like. But if you go back to like pre pre-1960s pre-1970s the music's just a different level it's, it's recorded mm-hmm. at a different frequency mm-hmm. it's um better quality the lyrics are better the music's better uh, everything now it's just like do, 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 free same three words and if you look into to how the the japanese the chinese and the americans and the germans um brainwash people and programmed people they did it through music and through uh, the words that they were saying. And that's how you can control people through repetition of the same things over and over again. So people need to be aware of this because it's not, I'm not just about making that up. It's not some conspiracy theory. It's, 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 it's black and white. Like it's there. It's NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. People do that for a living. They, they do qualifications in it. They use it to help them sell cars or double glazing or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. using NLP. And that's all NLP is. It's repeating the same sort of things over and over again. There's, there's people that do it. So yeah, yeah it, it's, you can use it for good or you can use it bad. Yeah. And I think it's, it's looking at, the, at how you interpret what you see in the media or even, for example, you were talking about with frequency, hemisync. So the, do you know much about Robert Monroe, the hemisync technique? No, no, no. So Project Gateway. Project okay. Gateway is on the um, uh, CIA website. So you can actually download that document and see that they were doing experiments on frequency and, and hemisync and how that works. And this is the, the, the military yep. <laughs> and Stargate. And the CIA, going back to what you said <laughs> earlier, the CIA have done stuff with uh, astral projection mm. and um, remote viewing. So yeah. there, there's all the documentation there for that as well. So when if people think we're crazy talking about using the dreamscape and using different dimensions, well, the national government and these national agencies are using it. So it's, yeah. it's there. Another conspiracy that's proving to be true is weather control using cloud seeding. And cloud seeding experiments date back to 1945, and that's never been made public. But gradually it's being announced. NASA is coming out. Dubai has been using cloud seeding for years. China, Beijing has recently come out, and Australia has come out this year. But test experiments have been going on since the, I guess, the 1960s or 70s. Anyway, it it just might explain why we had that unexpected flood in Queensland. The unprepared yeah, I saw that, for it. Yeah. Yeah, there's even quite a few documentaries coming out about it. So yeah, I just can't help to think about chemtrails and Bill Gates dimming the sun. And what if, just what if the weather has been created and manipulated since day one, from day one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not so far-fetched anymore. So no, no, no. I don't think no. there is such a thing as a conspiracy theorist because everything that the conspiracy theorist has said is actually coming true. So, yeah. Well, a lot of it, yeah. There are some crazy ones that made up and and whatnot. And that's, again, it's a problem because you get some people that go so far with it and then they start um, editing documents and stuff just to fit their narrative. And to me, those people are just as dangerous as the mainstream media when they're doing things like that. um, And a lot of this, again, I think a lot of it is, is 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 also a distraction we 
again, when we start talking about this stuff, yes, it's good to talk about it and it's good to be aware of it and it's good to open the conversation to it and enlighten people. But also, it also takes people away to some take people away to some extent from doing the work from 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 bettering themselves. Um, And there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are free thinkers and open minded and questioning the narrative. But they're so far into that, that that it's detrimental to their own health and well-being in the same in the same way that that they're, 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 they've gone overboard with it. And yeah, I mean, I think if you can if you can learn more about yourself and more about the the spiritual techniques, then I think that's the way to go. But that's that's my opinion. And if people want to, if people do want to go balls deep in in the free thinking and try and be a freedom fighter or a freedom warrior, then I'm all for it. And that's their, that's their agenda and that's their path or their, their purpose, you could say. But for me, I, I've got, I've got to balance things up and I'm not going to, yes, I, I'll learn about stuff and yes, I'll go deep on stuff, but I'm not going to let it be a detrimental um, thing to my, to my, to my being. To You're my not going to let it consume de- you. Development. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. How can people find you, Ellie? They can find me on all social media as Ali West Coach. So A L I W E S T and then Coach C O A C H. And then the podcast is the Kinetic Fitness Show. So Kinetic is stylized. So it's K I N E T I K, fitness like fitness and show like show. So the Kinetic Fitness Show. And there's 130 something episodes on there. There's plenty of different information for people to consume, find value in. A lot of stuff that your your audience will be interested in. We've we've done stuff on spiritual well-being, on physical well-being, on mental well-being. So that's the podcast. And the website is just kineticfitness.co.uk. And I also have my own personal website that's just pretty new, which is ali-west.com. So that's it. That's how people can get hold of me. And I'm an open book. So if people want to message me or contact me, they can contact me and I'll do my very best to to get back to them and help them out. Nice. And what's the next thing for you? What's in the pipeline? Now it's really concentrating on my, my own personal stuff. So the gym's just doing its thing really. So now it's concentrating on my own personal brand, doing more online stuff, more public speaking and getting my messages out to, to more and more people. Um, I'm really focusing on helping, on helping guys now. So primarily guys between the ages of 21 and, and 40 that are a little bit stuck in terms mm-hmm. of their, their health, their wealth, their happiness, their, their, mental physical and spiritual well-being and helping to take them to the to the next level and be a better version of themselves that's where i'm honing a lot of of what i've learned and my knowledge and my wisdom and my expertise at the moment and the plan is to get out of the uk as well that's mine and sarah's my wife's uh plan is to 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 get out of the uk because um yeah it's not a for me it's not a great environment and it's i'm not around the people that i necessarily want to be around and I don't think necessarily the grass is greener, but I think there's a better place that I can be. And I like the sun and I'm not, we don't get any sun here. So get yeah, me out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my time there, I, I, I lived in Wimbledon and Putney and yeah, it was oh, yeah, just yeah. even South, the summer. Was, yeah. The summer would be overcast and humid and then all of a sudden raining. Yeah. 
wasn't really my thing, but uh, yeah. No, I, I think we need a lot more people like you, Ali, more men to represent and um, you know, spread spirituality and inner wisdom. So, yeah, I'll definitely put the links in the podcast description. And, Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, listeners can click on the link and check out your show, and I highly recommend it. Wouldn't have you on the show if I didn't believe in you. <laughs> I appreciate that and thank you so much for having me on I've really really enjoyed it and uh, thanks for asking very insightful questions as well I appreciate it (laughs) all right thank you thank you that's the end of the Ali West conversation I trust you got a few if not more takeaways from the discussion it's refreshing to chat with a like-minded person who's over 9,000 miles away from you and that I got to speak to someone that has actually been to Sedona. And I had been researching that place for quite some time, looking into areas with positive high frequencies of inflow and outflow energies, along with negative vortexes, such as the Bermuda Triangle and Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. But I actually believe we are our own vortex too. That concept that our brains are a wormhole, and it kind of looks like a big ass worm wrapped up in a ball, our mouths, the wormhole and the third eye the pineal gland deep in our brain is the other side and the sides of our eyes are called temples for a reason so remember people open your hearts open your minds live life and think free this is esther claire signing out thanks for tuning in